Hello, everybody. Hope you are great. Uh, just wanted to say a massive thank you to everybody that listens to us and everybody that supports us. We really, really appreciate it. Just wanted to ask you a small favor. If you could scroll down below this podcast on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcast, and there should be a little box that has a five-star um, ranking and a little review box. If you could leave us a rating five stars hopefully, and a nice little review. It just helps us to push up the ranks um, and get our message out there to more people, inevitably helping us to fulfill the purpose of this podcast, which is to help as many people as we can. And if you don't like us, uh, don't worry about it because we don't want your review, bugger off. No, just joking. We love you too. Keep listening. And also for anyone that's listening to this that might be struggling with addictive patterns or knows someone that is struggling with addictive patterns, we run a treatment program called Connection Based Living um, where we help people to transform out of addictive patterns without going to rehab. So if that's of interest to you um, or you think it might help someone that you love, feel free to get in contact with us at www.connectionbasedliving.com.au. That's www.connectionbasedliving.com.au. And we'll be happy to uh, chat to you and help you in any way that we can. All right, into the show. Boom, everyone. Welcome to another episode. Um, I'm excited actually this morning. I open that with every podcast. I've got to stop saying I'm excited. Well, because I am. Because um, I had, uh, we do our little radio show, um, which this will probably go on the radio show as well. Um, but Dale actually came, who's our, who's our guest today, came in and did a show. Oh, was it last year or earlier this year? Yeah, I reckon it was December last year. Yeah, so... Uh, late last year, um, which feels like just the other day, by the way, and it's already like halfway through the year. How crazy is that? Um, yeah, so, uh, and I'm excited about it because I was having such a great conversation with Dale, but just the nature of the radio, you have to kind of pause and it interrupts your flow a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to really kind of get into it today. So, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, buddy. A little early in the morning for me to be doing this, but <laughs> eight o'clock on a Saturday. But oh, no. I'm You're good. good. I'm good. <laughs> You're a good sport. <laughs> Voice is a little croaky. <laughs> it needs no. more coffee. <laughs> no, I like it. It's like it's kind of like the husky, sexy voice or something. You know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Glad you think so. That's right. Um, so, so mate, yeah. Look, um, we've had a conversation before. Maybe some people listening to this um, have heard a little bit of your story, um, but. I want to kind of go back in again and, as I said, have, have the conversation flow because it is a really cool um, story and I'll explain why I think it is. And, um, yeah, I, I sort of want to reminisce as well because Dale's actually someone that has kind of been a little bit ahead of me um, in his journey in recovery in terms of time and progress with different aspects and stuff. And, and just by being around Dale, I guess he's kind of, yeah, being someone that's really helped me in my journey. So I'm excited to kind of delve into some of that stuff too, because every time I talk to you, you're kind of at this stage and it feels like, oh, and then I'll get there and then and then I'll think, oh, I was talking to Dale, you know, he was there a year ago <laughs> and now I'm now I'm somewhere there. So yeah, so I'm looking forward to I, I always look at the other way around. I see that you're there and I'm going to go, oh, Jack's doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go. So I'm excited to get some little uh, gems, some little nuggets as well. So, um, yeah, give us the three-minute snapshot of your story, mate. 
Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, great to be here, Jack, and uh, talk to you again. Um, I mean, my story, I mean, obviously it was a, a using story. I won't go too far into that. But um, my story was I was in Asia for a number of years working. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I lived Whereabouts? in Japan. Hong. Oh, Japan. Yeah. Yeah, I was in Japan for three years, expat over there. I was in the recruitment search industry at the time. This is kind of, I don't know, I'm guessing I'm aged, but early 2000s. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, Japan three years, Hong Kong one year, uh, and then over to Singapore for just under three years. And my using, um, my mother actually died. Uh, and that's just something that I've been working through actually at, recently. Um, yep. That was back in 2004, 2005. And when she died, I just realized that was really a pivot point of my launch into using Um, and that would have been, you know, the time that I was in Japan. So my using just got progressively worse, um, uh, you know, different substances, that type of thing. I won't go into details on that, but, um, and then Hong Kong, Singapore, and then just in Singapore, I was just, I was at a wit's end. I had, you know, psychosis, all all the, you know, typical things that you've heard in the, you know, the, 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 um, the 12 step rooms. And, um, I just needed help. I went to a, I went to a, um, one of the head psychiatrists at a Singapore um, hospital. And he said, he showed me the 12 steps. Yeah. <laughs> and I saw God, 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 God. And I was like, Oh my God, what is this? Cause they're quite religious over in Singapore. Right. Like, yeah. Well, I was going to ask what it, it's, it's a bit of a, um, you know, I'm not sure. I know it's an interesting country. I do like reading some political theory and stuff, but it's a, it's a different political structure as well. Isn't it? Is it, is it a bit of a, um, a, communist setup or a state run thing no i'm dreaming yeah. that up well one could call it a dictatorship that would yeah. be kind of probably putting it out there a little bit you know it, it it my understanding i don't know i'm not i wasn't that immersed in in government over there but um it tends to almost run like an you know an organization or a company you know right. it's like a ceo <laughs> kind of thing yeah. but you know look for the most part it really works there it's a very strict place obviously yep. um you would have heard that um but a lot of the good people um you know like graduates and stuff like they go for yep. roles in government right that because they pay really well so a lot of the policy people over there get paid you know kind of squillions of dollars to do what they're doing so it does actually attract really good people in it right right now i was just trying to get the feel of you know because i always find it funny when people find recovery in different countries or you know get introduced to 12-step stuff or other stuff and yeah. just the kind of vibe that would be around it. So what, and what's the religious feel over there? Like, is it, is it um, Christian or is it Muslim? Um, I, I think, I mean, again, I don't want to, you know, this is just my take on it and it might be not completely correct or, or that involved or, or that in depth, but um, predominantly Christian. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, there's obviously sort of Muslim. There's a lot of Malaysians that live and Indonesians that live in Singapore. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's that side of it. So, and there'd be obviously lots of other religions over there, but Christian and probably Muslim to a lesser degree, I think. Yeah. Wow. So you got introduced to the 12 steps there. Sorry. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Short story. <laughs> um, yeah. So 12 steps. Um you know, he gave me a bunch of um, meds, basically, as yeah. as they do, <laughs> the psychiatrist. And then I just, I, that didn't really do anything. Um, and yeah. then I ended up, um, I went back to Australia um, for a little bit. 
And then I had the great idea of working in Bali for a while, just still, you know, just not really making the best decisions at that point. Um, And it was at that point I went on a, I kind of went on a bender around Bali, basically. I I was seeing this girl from the UK who lived there, who I'd met on another trip to Bali. And then um, we sort of split up and then I, you know, went and used. Um, And it was at that point I... I remember, you know, full-blown psychosis. I was doing all this sort of hotel hopping because I was thinking that, you know, places were bugged. You know, all the typical kind of scattered yeah. thinking of that, that process. Very scary. And then I rang up this dude who was actually – I actually got a surf lesson off him. He was a, he was a um, recovering heroin addict and he'd been clean for about 15 years. Yeah. And I called him and I just said, hey, hey, dude, I'm in trouble. And he said, what have you been using? And I said, yep. And he said, okay, I'll come pick you up. And he took me to my first 12-step meeting wow. in Bali, which is around the, I think it's a double six, that kind of area in Ligian or Seminyak. Um, so that was my first, yeah, NA meeting. And then from that meeting, you know, the after part of the meeting where everyone sort of chit-chats around, yeah. there was a guy there who I, I kind of got introduced to who, ha- who used the same drug of choice as me, but had been clean for three years. Yeah, And um, he basically just had the same story as I did. Wow. You know, I was still seeing, sh- you know, shit at this point. Like and he, just, <laughs> he, just, he just like literally looked after me, you know, off and on, you know, for the three days until I got a flight out of there. Yeah. And, you know, that kind of gave me the first understanding because a lot of my using at the end was done in isolation. So I didn't have a lot of, you know, kind of benchmarks of people to chat to about, you know, it was just like me and me and me. Yeah. And um, it just, there was something about that that kind of gave me hope and, and then I, so this is not the short story, is it? That's okay. Um, I then went back to Australia and then started to go to 12-step meetings. But in the meantime, I just went, I need a rehab. Yeah. Um, I think I used a couple of times back in Melbourne because I'd grown up in Melbourne. And, um, and then I, uh, yeah, then I um, uh, literally just called around and then, can I, can I mention who from the rehab? Yeah, the rehab of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bob Kustra, who you know. Yeah, um, from Refocus. Correct. And I just rang Barb up and a couple of others and then Barb says she'll meet me. And then I just went to Turak or wherever it was. And she said to me, uh, I don't normally take people like you. <laughs> I want to say this. <laughs> use that drug of choice. And I said, you got to take me. you got to take me. <laughs> and she said, okay. So we had hugged and stuff like that. And then she, she let me in. So uh, I ended up staying there for a year and I, uh, I don't know, kind of like, I was like a long-term rehab guy. I was like yeah. 14 months, yeah. including supported accommodation, which also included, you know, a bunch of, yeah. um, you know, 12-step meetings and just started getting immersed in it. Go yeah. on. Wow. No, that's, that's interesting. So the thing I wanted to ask you about is kind of knowing you a little bit and for the people that, you know, um, have met you <coughs> or, or check out your stuff and and listen to your backstory you know you said that um over in asia you're doing recruitment and that um correct you say an expat as well so yeah so you served in the defense force no no Uh, no no expatriate as i was you know i was sent over by my company i got the housing right right no i wasn't in the army mate no it's okay okay Okay. i was like (laughs) make an interesting story we could go off on that tangent No, oh, it, was, uh, it was recruitment. Okay. <laughs> there you go. So, um, no, but yeah, it's so very, um, and I imagine, yeah, if you're getting sent overseas, it's a fairly kind of, you know, in society's terms, like good job, you know, all that stuff. Um, 
So yeah. yeah, like and and yet the addiction stuff was still kind of in the background going on in your life. Yeah, oh, completely. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, it was, you know, I mean, substances to me, they would, you know, they were fun, right? They were an escape. You know, you know yeah. the things they did for you and they did for me. You know, like I, you know, I could go out, you know, uninhibited, um, you know, let go of that kind of inner critic, basically, you know, yeah. in a flash. Yeah, and that's why they were so appealing, you know. Um, and I just, I love them. <laughs> yeah, there's no other yeah. point, other thing to say. I just loved it. Yeah, so so interesting. And the thing that I really want to ask you about, because um, this is what I love when I talk to you, is that you just you're open to kind of talk about it and demystify it a little bit. Um, sure. Talk us through all the twelve step stuff, um, because you know it's such a. Um, <laughs> been doing a few of these interviews with people lately and you know everybody has such a different experience with it and explains what it was like for them when they first um went to 12-step meetings some people like it some people don't um what was that whole thing for you and and how did it all kind of come together and what was your experience with it so the actual 12-step meetings themselves or the whole process the whole the whole process of the whole thing okay so I'll contrast it with rehab because that was kind of really my first, you know, pretty much my first foray into 12-step meetings. So yeah, probably like, unlike some other people, I actually found 12-step meetings light relief. They actually yeah. suited me quite well because I was yeah. pretty good in talking to people. You know, yeah. I didn't have a problem, you know, chit-chatting. And so it was kind of a social thing for me. Yeah. Um, and it, how do I explain it? You know, you know, it's hard to kind of cast your mind back, you know, 10 years ago when I started going to them, but um, I just got so much, I got freedom out of it, you know, literally yeah. by turning up and, you know, he, you know, I always sort of look at 12-step meetings is that I just hear my problem just replicated right across the room. Yeah. Um, you know, by the, you know, through that identification, I understand I'm not kind of terminally, terminally unique in terms yeah. of my problems. I mean, I might have a different story, but it's the same problem. And then when I see people like, you know, yourself or other yep. people recover, I see a freedom that starts to kind of come into their being. Um, and I just start seeing that popping up everywhere, you know, within the rooms itself. So, you know, there's an energy in that place for me, you know, particularly early on that just resonated with me. And it just, I don't know. I just kind of took to it like a duck to water and I just yeah. kept going and going and I did the 12 steps, and, you know, and that process was profound as well. Yeah. You know. So did would you, you have a question? Yeah. Yeah. So would you say that that's like been the biggest thing, like the biggest part of your recovery is doing the 12 step stuff and really getting immersed in that? I don't think I could sort of separate it in terms of the biggest because it's all been kind of integral and it's just all happened of it's, you know, yeah you know evolved of its own accord so you know i would say the combination of rehab you know 12 step actually you know writing sharing the 12 step work with with a sponsor as you know that's what you do um you know in combination of that fellowship you know support um i mean if i go to later times now it's more meditation for me you know that's kind of like really integral into my recovery without the dependence and need of other people you know, yeah. do you know what I mean? Um, I'm not saying I don't, I still do 12 step meetings, but not as many as I used to. Um, so yeah, it's a combination Jack, but I think doing the actual written work and sharing it with a sponsor 
has been really fundamental for me and, and starting to work the steps into my life, you know, the principles, so to speak. Um, but yeah, combination. Yeah. So, so that's interesting. Cause, and, and the reason why I guess I'm, I want to ask you more about it is cause it's, yeah. the biggest, it's the biggest question I get from people when they listen to the, to the show or they're interested in recovery and just getting help is, you know, what the fuck is this 12 step place? <laughs> <laughs> no, right. <laughs> what, what actually, what actually happens there? Like, you know, all that stuff. So you kind of mentioned the written 12 step work and all that kind of jazz. And so, so what is that actually like, what are you actually doing when you do 12 step work? Well, when you, for people who don't know, I suppose this is kind of targeted or even people who are just new in recovery. So, yeah. you, you know, you sit down with a sponsor. I mean, I think at the time I was using the Narcotics Anonymous, you know, steps working guide, which you can purchase. And what you're actually doing is depending on your sponsor, you know, you typically and a sponsor's go away. like a mentor. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Sort of like a mentor to take you through the steps, yeah. um, but also be there as a support for you. Um, by sharing their experience, strength and hope. I think a good sponsor will typically do that and they won't advise you or kind of coach you if you like. Yeah. If that makes sense. I mean, yeah. you'd be aware of all this. Yeah. Um, but that's for the listeners who are new. Um, yeah, so the process of initially writing the steps, yeah, it was just basically there's a bunch of questions, answers, you go away and you do it and then you come back and share it. Yeah. And there's a one, two, three, four, five, you know, up to 12, pros, uh, 12, 12 steps with a series of questions underneath each step and you just do it, share it. Yeah, that, that's yeah. kind of what you do. And then with that, perhaps not, perhaps not the first time around because I've done it about, I don't know, not about five times even, I think, or six times maybe. Yeah. But you start to actually put the put that into your life, if you like. Yeah. You know, that's the key. It's not just writing it and doing it. You start to move it into your life and integrate it into your life. Yeah. Inside the rooms and outside the rooms. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's for me anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's perfect. And it's just really good because I guess, um, yeah, like it's something that I know that helped me and it sounds like the same for you was that when I was coming into recovery and all this stuff, one of the things that rehab, um, and being around, I guess, kind of professionals that knew about it and stuff was that they were able to like contextualize it for me. Um, and yeah. just explain, kind of what was happening and what I was doing um, because, you know, I often think about places like that for people to walk in cold. Um, it would be really hard to sort of understand what the fuck's kind of going on. You know what you I mean? You mean into the rooms directly. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Completely. And, and, you know, like I remember somebody said to me, like, you know, like you said, like the steps is riding and, and doing that stuff, but what you're actually doing is changing your like behavior you're kind of you're writing about some um maybe inner demons stuff that's happened in the past and trying to clear it out you know you're actually working on yourself and that's kind of the nature of what you're doing in the 12 steps and then i remember when someone told me that i went oh fuck okay because like i just like didn't get what it was you know what i mean <laughs> that was it right you yeah. just didn't understand what it was yeah, that's you looked right. at that shit on the wall and you're like, "What does that mean?" <laughs> that's right. I was the same, like pretty much, but I had the rehab as well, so I got context as well. Yeah. Um, through Gordon's story at the time, is mm -hmm. you know, sadly passed away a few years back yeah. now. 
over a few years ago. So, so tell us about um, Gordon because in the recovery community, I guess Gordon was kind of a larger than life figure and helped a truckload of people. Um, sure did. Yeah. So how important was it meeting people like Gordon and, and just, yeah, having, having Gordon himself? Yeah. Oh, look, it was pivotal. I remember hearing Gordon share it was at a Turek meeting. This was just before he joined Refo, which would have been around, you know, I don't know, late 2010. Yeah. And um, someone had said he's coming to refocus and I heard him share and it was just the coolest share. And I'm like, he, he's got to be my counsellor. I want yeah. him as my counsellor. <laughs> he's talking about Peruvian cocaine and, you know, like in his German accent, right? And I'm like, this guy's so cool. Um, but he had a real calmness and kind of strength about him. Yeah. Um, nothing kind of looked like it phased him anyway. And, um, yeah, his counseling was amazing, both in an individual and group kind of group level, because yeah. he was doing group therapy with Barb at the time. This was at Refo. Yeah. And it had this beautiful, I mean, the way I always looked at it, the Barb had the kind of, she was all about behavior change. Yeah. So it was almost, you know, you, you change your behavior, you change your belief systems. And then Gordon would come in more around the belief systems, you know, let's unpack yeah. that. What are you thinking? How's it making you feel? And unpack and unpack and unpack. So it's that kind of twin combination, which just works so well together. Plus the individual counseling with Gordon yeah. as well. Yeah. 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 Amazing. So, um, okay. So it sounds like you had quite a journey from, um, I guess first discover like reaching out and asking for help back in Singapore to kind of coming full circle and really getting the hang of the recovery stuff. Um, yeah. You mentioned that it's kind of been 10 years now since you've been in, in recovery. So mm-hmm. um, like, how do you, how do you talk to people about recovery now? Like how do you describe it to them? How do you describe the process? Like, how do you kind of almost label yourself as well? Like, you know, how do you think about all this stuff? Well, I mean, it's, it's more important to me now than it almost was then still. Wow. Because I just get so much freedom out of it. Like, yeah. it's, it's kind of like a bit of an addiction in itself, if I'm honest. <laughs> you know, like, you can just keep going, recover, oh, I'm gonna, you know, because I can become a little obsessive around recovery too. Not necessarily going to meetings. That's, you know, it's more doing the meditations. I'm doing this thing called The Course in Miracles right now, yep. which is a kind of well-known, um, not, maybe not that well-known, but it's sort of a little bit 12-step-ish, but yep. kind of slightly different. Um, so I mean, how do I... S- I haven't bloody forgotten your question, but... Um, um, you know, again, like recovery is more important than ever to me now because it's really found I've, what I discovered with recovery, let's go back a little bit. As I started to do the step work, you know, you look at your inner demons and, you know, like you said, your thoughts, feelings, um, resentments, and God knows what else. It's almost like it kind of clears who you think you are and it starts to reveal who you really are. I'm not going to go too kind of, you know, godly in this, particular podcast but there's something about it that shows you who you think you are is not actually who you are um and that was the biggest my that has been my progression from day one when i got into recovery to who i am now who i think i am continually changes and it becomes i become lighter i start letting go of old experiences stuff i'm not even aware of yeah like i'll give you an example i talked i touched on it earlier so and this is the spooky thing with recovery, right? We're kind of a cool spooky. So the partner at the time, um, I, 
you know, we were having, uh, let's say we're having a couple of issues in a certain area of the relationship, but what was revealed to me through her, and then it was through my business coach, who's a doctor of psychology, once I'd done yeah. some meditation, was that I hadn't let my mother go properly, who died back in 2005. Um, and I was carrying that into my relationships because it had like a codependent kind of pattern, if you like. Yeah. Um, meaning I was afraid of loss in relationships because I was kind of afraid of losing my mother, you know, wow. because I was not there when she died, I was overseas. So it was very sudden and uncertain. So, I mean, that's kind of a very much personally revealing something to you, but you can see the benefit of that recovery really enabled me to do that. And yeah. it was actually through a meditation that came up and my business coach spotted it, you know? Yeah. Um, so that in itself, when I thought I'd grieve for my mother properly through the early years of recovery and I hadn't, and I was taking it into my patterns, into my relationships, yeah. you know, that was pivotal. And then from that point I became, you know, even in that sort of moment, um, I became a lot sort of stronger and kind of more in my standing my in, own two shoes, not because you know, I was kind of taking that fear of loss into a lot of situations. Yeah. Interestingly. So that's what recovery does. It's not all kind of, you know, flowers, right? You know, sunshine and, you know, you know, it's tough, but yeah. what you happens on the other side is you get this massive, you know, piece of freedom at the, at the after going through something like that. So, you yeah. know, that, that's just an example. Yeah. So, and it, and it sounds like that kind of inner work has just been massive for you and continues to be massive. Absolutely. And you know, what I do is take that into my coaching these days. So, yeah which we can, we'll talk about probably a bit later. But um, so what, what, I, what I understand is whatever I've been through, I can actually help other people through. Yeah. Um, so I really bring that into the coaching that I do. I mean, I do private coaching and, and counselling. But um, so if I've gone through a relationship breakup through fear of loss, through having codependency, and, I, you know, and I've done whatever recovery work I need to do to grieve that, yeah. but also separate my stuff from, you know, my heady stuff or whatever. And then I can tell, you know, I can talk people around the tools in terms of how they can sort of move through these things. Like yeah. it's massive. Yeah. So that's why I've got such a passion for it. And kind of, I have a little bit of a, I kind of throw myself into <laughs> quite challenging, you know, like the 21 day silent meditations and <laughs> all sorts of things, because I, I don't know, like, there's something about going through that darkness that I don't know. It's not like an idea. It's, it's just, it really breeds this kind of ability to move through change and be resilient and yeah. um, kind of get to the depths of my shit and let go. And as I said, lighten as a, as a consequence. So, yeah. and it, it increases my faith as well, which is yeah. really important to me. So, oh, and I, I get it a hundred percent and other people, when they experience it too, I think they get it, you know, like the fret, the freedom for me and um, oh, yeah. just experiencing that, that is what is addictive. You know, you're just like, yeah. fucking, wow. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it can be, it can be a bit of a nightmare getting there sometimes, but oh, yeah. it's, uh, it's good when you get there. Yeah. For sure. For sure. So, so um, you mentioned the 21 day meditation and you, and you were kind of saying before that now that's like such a big part of your um, practice and stuff. Can you, 
Can you talk us through that? Because I think like the 12 step stuff, it's another one of those things, meditation, you know, it's becoming more of a conversation in popular culture and stuff now, Um, but it's still very kind of mystical. And I think as I'm talking to you, it's one of the things about the whole kind of recovery movement that's really confusing to people is a lot of this, a lot of the concepts that you have to roll with and, and try and master a little bit to change are quite um, strange and very, very different to anything else that you do. Yeah. So it'd be awesome if you can talk us through that meditation. Cause I know that I'm no pro mm. in that area. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't call myself a pro, um, but I've been a participant and a student of it for quite a while, but yeah. Okay. So the 21 day silence, so I've done a 10 day one, which you can do here. It was, I think I can mention names. It's a Vipassana. We can yeah. mention all that stuff. Yeah. You just go, man. I, I feel like, are we sponsored or what can I say? What can I say? Are we on uh, Oprah? We're, <laughs> <laughs> we're free here. Just Okay. Just be free. Right. <laughs> Got right. it. That's good. Green light. Um, so I did a Vipassana meditation in Wuri Alec, which you can do. It's near Hillsville which, you know, probably some of the viewers may have done before, but it's a, that was a 10 day. Yeah, that was 10 days. And it was actually a mate of mine, Pete Harvey, who you might know from. Yeah, 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 I know Pete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, there was a bunch of other stuff. Like I think Greg, you know, big um, Buddha Greg had done it a few times. Anyway, I got told to do it and I just said, okay, <laughs> that's what I do. And, and then I think um, Gordon's story had told Pete this is when Gordon was alive. This is six years ago. He said, he said just stay, just stay, don't leave. <laughs> so he had that kind of reverberating around. And then he told me the same advice. Um, but yeah, you want to escape every day. It's like, you, it's like 14, you know, it was, I think about 12, maybe 10 to 12 compulsory hours of meditation. You could do some extra, but you just get up in the worry Alec one. You can't interact. It's all silent. Um, you got four guys, three guys staying in your room. So there's like a big room and, you know, beds at the time and all the women and the men are separated. You kind of do most of the meditation at the large hall. Uh, and you literally just, you know, the Vipassana was very much just, do you want me to go into this level of detail? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. All right. So the Vipassana in the one that they do in Australia, which is I think an Indian guy, I can't remember his name, but who, who was the guru who's now passed, but, so it's just initially first three days of just feeling the sensation of breath from there to there. Right. And then any thoughts that come up, you're just supposed to sort of equanimously just kind of what I think that's the word they use. Just let them go, not yep. attached to any thoughts, visualizations. Cause you start to get some pretty cool visualizations, you know, being like an addict, you're like, Oh God, I really want to just get into that one. Yeah. Um, anyway, so you just do that and it's really, it really helps. It, it really quietens the mind. And then, for the next seven days, it's <clears throat> you start to do the Vipassana proper, which is effectively doing like by that time, you're so kind of mind's pretty still. You start to actually just feel yourself through awareness, go from you know head to toe, and you just feel yourself like energetic current. Wow. Like if you notice like pins and needles when you get that like, well, where's that coming from? It's yeah. like a little explosion of an atomic explosion within your body. Wow. But you go down to that level, yes. Yeah, so it's just basically sweeping from head to toe, um, energetically. You just like you just like that's what you feel yourself as. And so you just interesting. Keep doing it. Yeah, you just keep doing it, and it's you realize you know you're not 
you know, they talk about in the rooms around, um, you know, this sort of, we all try to, con- a lot of people try to control things through their thinking. Yeah. But you realize it has, well, it has no power because it, it, you can't, if you try and go from your thinking to awareness in meditation, it does, like if I try to think my way to my toe, it doesn't work. You've got to actually let go of the thinking and just go there. Yeah. So it kind of teaches you a whole lot and gives you some context, talking of context around kind of like what you were doing with 12 step work, if you like. Yeah. It gives you some further, you know, kind of understanding. Anyway, that's that one. And then the 21 day one in Thailand, I did after, after a relationship breakup. Um, and <laughs> I know. Um, and that was really hard. <laughs> That was like, it was very different. This was the one over there was very much, there was like three postures. Uh, it was much more um, focused. So you'd, I, I, I won't go through everything now, but there's a lot more, um, there was a walking part to it. Yeah. And, and then there was a, um, you know, a sitting part to it where you're just basically focusing more on your belly rising, falling, and then you start to move through all these touch points and, I won't go on because it goes in stages. Um, but that was really tough because my head was just going off after the relationship breakup. Yeah. Yeah. But the powerful thing was, cause I really did it for a reset and I'd also left my job, my company job to set up my own venture. Um, so I needed to kind of, again, reset. Yeah. Um, so I did that. Um, so that, that's a little bit about my experience around meditate. I mean, so the, I, I sort of a bit more gentle on myself these days. I put some yeah. nice, you know, kind of angelic music on and I breathe. And again, I'm doing this course of miracles thing at the moment, which is really good. Yeah. Um, and a couple of other things. So yeah, blah, blah. So, so did you say 14 hours a day compulsory that you have to meditate for when you go to these things? Is that right? No, it was about, I reckon, 10 hours compulsory at the one in Wurialik, the Australian yeah. one. The one in Thailand wasn't, it didn't have to have that kind of compulsory thing. It was a bit right. more leave it up to you. Yeah. Although you were suggested to do 10, I think. And like when you go and you've got the other people around, like the other guys around you and you said there's no like contact, what are you just mm. like, no, you're just not meant to like look them in the eyes or? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, exactly. But it was really weird. Like I remember one time I went into the, cause you know, you're all sort of like, you know, like yeah. you can't really do any body language, you know, like how's it going or anything like that. So, <laughs> but I remember opening the door one time and this guy that is a pretty cool guy actually, cause you speak before you go in cause you all meet each other. Right. right. Then, you know, you get like two hours before it goes silent. And then we just, I literally opened the door and he's there and we're just both gone like that and just like laughed their heads off. So, you know, like you have those moments too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, wow. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's kind of, I almost just want to do it to say that I've done it, but it sounds, uh, sounds intense. Sounds intense. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like it's, it's not for everyone, I guess, you know, you just do what you want to do. And what's it like when you like finished? You know what I mean? Like, do you just oh, kind of feel weird? Like, what's it like talking again? <laughs> oh, I was just, you know, I was like, blah, you know, I was just like talking to everyone because by that time, you know, they can talk to the, the women as well. So that was great. And at the time, I'm like, yeah. talking, talking, talking. So I loved it. Um, so what was your question? Sorry, I've just. Yeah, what, what's it like? What's it like just coming out of it and then talking oh, yeah. again? Well, the talking's great. 
um, you know, you just talk and you say, oh, you know, how was it? And you kind of down low because you haven't talked. You haven't had any stimulate, you know, stimulation like visually that much or, yeah. you know, so it's this whole new world basically almost. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the great thing is after it is you can literally not get distracted. Like you can just sit and you don't have to kind of reach for the food or reach for the ciggy if you're smoker or you know, get a cot, you know, you just, you can just literally sit with yourself, which yeah. is pretty amazing. Um, yeah. You don't have the need to do much, you know, in a good way, need to really do that much. And that what do you, sense. and when you're doing it, like what do you just kind of eat minimum food? Like they just kind of cook some stuff for you and that's it. There's no, like, I imagine there's no like tea or coffee or anything like that. Uh, the one in, um, <laughs> I'll always find a coffee somehow. Like that's <laughs> who I am. <laughs> uh, the one in where I like that had some powdered coffee. So actually you could have a coffee in the morning. Wow. Um, the, the diet on, but in both the, um, in the Australian one was vegetarian. So, yeah. you know, they just do, I think they do like um, some cereal in the morning and, um, you know, vegetarian stuff for lunch. The food's pretty good actually. Yeah. And the one in Thailand was, um, they allowed you in the first two weeks to go over the road and I found this little coffee shop. So I was able to kind of get good brewed coffee. Yeah. Um, but the, the meals over there are all Thai, but you can do vegetarian or meat, but I chose vegetarian. The food over there is, yeah, it's Thai. It's really good, but it's, and it's really cleansing, but um, yeah, it's all done to kind of have the optimum kind of like food in your system. So you're not like too full. Yeah. To actually meditate. If you meditate and you're really full, it's really hard. Like, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's just kind of done at an optimum. So you can yeah, be at an optimum when you meditate. Yeah. So interesting. Um, and so, so just overall, um, that kind of practice, um, but just in general over the years, like what is, what does meditation actually do for you? Like what, how has it helped? Um, well, it's like, it's practice, you know, you can't just kind of do it and stop it. Like you've yep. got to kind of keep doing it. It's like, you know, that whole just for today thing yep. <laughs> that, that you, for you as don't know, that's, that's one of the sayings in the 12 step rooms. So, you know, it's all about a daily program. So look, when I do it, um, typically I, I don't know, I just connect more. To, I, I always say I connect more to who I truly am when yep. I do it. Yeah. Uh, I let go of, you know, maybe some, you know, kind of thinking about worry or whatever it is. So yeah. it's a really good thing to do if you can. And I'm not always, I'm certainly not perfect at it. Just doing it first thing when you get up, Yeah, I find, you know, 10, 15 minutes, I try to do a bit more because I can at the moment, but um, yeah, 10, 15 minutes just to, you know, sometimes that might even just look like you don't have to close your eyes. You can just like look at a plant and breathe, <laughs> you know, yeah. just focus on your breath, you know, like whatever it is that you can just be still and just breathe and, you know, not get too attached to your thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And is that really what it is? It's, it's cause, cause that's something that I've always struggled with, with meditation is like, <laughs> I don't know, maybe, maybe it's like the kind of addictive part of me, but like, yeah, I, I always like, I always want to just almost like close my eyes and fucking transcend into like some mystical dimension, you know? 
and it doesn't happen and i'm like ah damn <laughs> i tried this is the second time i've done it it hasn't happened yet <laughs> is, is that is that all because you know i've i've kind of gone on searches and you know found all these different kind of people that say different things and stuff but a lot of the a lot of the um monks and stuff that i've listened to kind of talk about it you know what I would say, the genuine meditators in the robes and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. They all just kind of talk about it being in one form or another. Yeah, something that allows you not to attach to your thoughts and something that kind of allows you to take control of your mind and focus your um, attention on um, so that you kind of, so that you're in control and that you're not sort of just like reactive, you know. Um, and then, pretty much yeah yeah, yeah. and it. yeah so how does like explain how that helps with recovery though like how does how does being able to not attach to your thoughts focus on what you're thinking how does that help you to stay i guess sober or whatever it is and, and uh, okay have a yeah, good yeah life? sure um hmm well for me it's become a lot more than that for me, but in terms yeah. of enabling me to, to stop using, I don't, I just don't buy into the story. Like, yeah. I mean, not that I have really any using thought. I mean, maybe I've had it. I mean, I've had certainly a few over the years, but uh, it allows me to, how do I say? Yeah. Not, not get into my own self will that horrible kind of fearful place where you're like, yep. you just literally run by it, you know, like, you know, that fearful worry, anxious, you know, you're a piece of shit kind of feeling of who you think you are. Yeah. You know, that stuff's going to make you use. I mean, not that I'm going to slip back into that, but yeah. I've done, I reckon you know, I've done too much work and I continue to do too much work, but if I can get, it's all meditation almost gives you separation from that voice. Yeah. Critic that whole kind of, you know, kind of old conditioning saying, oh, you know, you're no good or you're worried, you know, that's not going to yeah. happen, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it kind of gives you a separation. So, and you start to sort of see yourself as not that, yeah. you know, chit chatter worry thing. You see yourself as something different. So uh, it gives me separation from that, yeah. if that makes sense. So why do I have to, you know, if I, I know I'm not really that, why would I have to use? It's just, it's just almost doing its thing. It's like, here you go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, what it does. Yeah. So that's really a, a good example. I think of, it's like the 12 steps, if I could say, because the 12 steps is the same as you write it. I mean, all of this universal stuff's the same. It's like, it starts to, you start to decide, Gordon stories to tell me this, you know, this yeah. is coming from him. He said, what you're starting to do is you're disidentifying through doing the step work as that little voice saying, Hey, you know, you're crazy, worried and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. As that being you. So yeah. 12 steps is almost a process of separation like that. I'm not that I'm, I'm, you know, the feel of whatever you, whatever it is. It's the same with meditation. It's the same with prayer. It's the, it's all the same process. It's like, yeah. a, it's like reveals you as something different to who, who that voice is saying that you are. Yeah. Does so that make sense? A hundred percent. And I think it's a really good way of explaining it is that it separates you from that voice because everybody that has been through addiction stuff um, and wants to kind of change things up says to me, probably says to you like, yeah, I've just got this constant battle in my head going on. Yeah. 
um, this constant kind of noise that's happening. So can, so can I just do something a little bit different here? And I just want to play a little bit of like devil's advocate because again, I think it's great. Like, yeah, you're just so open about your experience with 12 steps and how much it's helped you in terms of that mm. recovery. Um, because, uh, and I, and I want to do this because yeah, people have so many questions about it. Um, and often people aren't kind of upfront and honest about their experience in 12 step mm. recovery and stuff. So yeah. Can I play devil's advocate for people that I'm are a bit worried by that? <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> for, for, for people that are wondering, and I'm just going to try and channel some of the, I guess, like objections that people have or concerns. Yeah, sure, sure. So, so if I say to you, um, uh, 12, 12 steps is not, for, and you can't say, well, that's fine for you. I'm just doing what I'm doing. I get it, but just <laughs> play, play, play along with me. So yeah, got it. Um, it's all, it's all just a religious cult or it's, it's just a front for the church and I have, and they, and they want, and they want me to be religious at the end of the day. Well, I, I just say, you know, to that, from my experience, you can be exactly who you want to be. No one's telling you what to wear, what to, what to do. No one's advising you. I mean, some people might do, I mean, it's going to happen, right? People are people, but um, it's actually, you develop your own program by going in there and mm. the benefits are just, and I, Hey, here's, here's an example. I don't have any religious kind of, yeah, it changes Buddhism, Christianity. Like I don't have anything. I've got. I develop a a, a a relationship with a higher power of my understanding. Yeah, yeah. But it ain't no church. So was that? So talk us through the higher power part because okay, again, that's a big thing for people. Yeah, I didn't know whether to say anything around that. Like, because you know, some people have this kind of objection around God or higher power, or yeah. you know, what and, are you smoking? And and this is the thing because and this is what I say to people is that um. And, and this is why I want to kind of get your experience with it as well and flesh it out um, because I, I just I just tell people to kind of do whatever works for them. If they like going, keep going. Yeah. If they don't like it, well, then don't go. But, um, you know, and I always tell people, yeah, that's where kind of I started my journey and there was heaps of good stuff. There was like heaps of stuff that I really struggled with and still struggle with. Um, but it's kind of, yeah, about finding your journey and your path and stuff. So... Mm. Um, and I reckon one of the problems with 12 step stuff is that the higher power isn't kind of discussed enough, you know? Yeah. People oh, don't. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. I agree with that. Pe people don't actually kind of talk about it. And then, and then it sort of, I reckon it plays, Probably, it, it plays into the skepticism of the, of the, of the kind of the addict or the drug user of like, well, if you're not going to tell me about it, does that mean because you're going to like pull out your freaking Bible and convert me later? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Well, so what's the question? Or is this so, just a chat? Oh. So, so I guess my question to you is like, so uh, talking from your experience, yeah, what, what's, what's your experience been of a higher power, if you don't mind? I know it's kind of a personal thing as well, but um yeah, and and do you have to convert to one thing or another? You know, um, is it essential for recovery to have some kind of high power? You know, just a general kind of conversation. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, look, I'm happy to chat. I could chat about it all day. Um, and for me, it's, it's not really personal. <laughs> I could talk <laughs> about it all day. It's what keeps me in here. It keeps me doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Because, yeah, is it essential to have? I mean, I think it was talked about initially from Gordon as well. All you need to know is that there's a power greater than your conditioned mind. You know, your yeah. conditioned mind is that, you know, the stories, the concoction of who you are and, you know, based on all the old belief systems and the thoughts. And yeah. so all you got to recognize is there's something larger than that. So that doesn't actually really have to be religious, right? You could actually be talking about what's going on in your conditioned mind. And as, as a consequence, you're actually t- you're actually outside of your conditioned mind because you're saying what's going on in it. That's a high power in itself. If that's, if that helps people who have a yeah. thing against God. Um, but my, my experience with God and I, um, I mean, I call it God, call it high power or you know, Buddha or whatever you want to call it. Um, and I don't have a problem with anyone that anyone calls God. I don't care. Yeah. Um, it's like an experience, right? Gordon used to say, and I keep throwing in Gordon cause you know, <laughs> He told me so. He taught me so much. But I've gone on and I've taken what Gordon said, and I kind of go off and do it my own way and help other yeah. people through that. That's what he's done, right? That's his legacy for me. Um, so um, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> I've forgotten. <laughs> um, but yeah, sorry. He used to say the second step. You know, first step, second step. We came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity, which is the second step for people who haven't read them before. He he changed it around and said. Um, we came to experience yeah as a because you know he used to say the last thing we need is another fucking belief you know another belief right we experienced yeah. it and so my experience my high power of god it's like an experience yeah it's yeah. a sensory feeling i don't and the other thing that i do with you know as much as possible is surrender what i think it is yeah is that there's a prayer that they use in the AA rooms predominantly. So I actually did a meeting last night in Byron on Zoom and they, it's called the set aside prayer. And it's like, you know, please allow me to set aside what I think yeah. I know about God or a higher power in life. So you're continually surrendering it. And then through that, you, yeah, you're just getting your thinking out of the way all the time. Yeah. And just out of the time. So you actually experience more and more and more, but my, my higher power today, it guides me through everything. I mean, I'm living my life by it. Like yeah. it pulls me in certain directions. For me right now, it's about getting really sensory with it. I yeah. ask, I start to get visuals about what I need to do. I get a pull somewhere or someone calls me. You called the other day. You know, when you called, I'd just done a three-day water fast. Yeah. Deep, deep meditation. And then all of a sudden, you've called and right, done a podcast. And then I had some press that called from regional my men's groups and yeah you know there's a whole lot of bunch of stuff that's happened like I didn't do it like it just happened as a consequence I think of just kind of surrendering yeah so yep. that's the sort of shit that happens it's stuff like really really good stuff happens yeah wow so interest it's so interesting because I know for me and I'm pretty sure you probably know this like that with like the 12 step kind of program that is like the biggest thing that I struggled with and still largely do now is just the high power stuff and, you know, kind of yeah thinking about it because, you know, I, I probably come at it from a very, very different angle. Whereas that I just, I just find it so hard to kind of believe, um, yeah, that there's something 
else kind of guiding it. You know, I sort of have that more atheist, I suppose, thinking around it. But then even my views and stuff like that and my belief systems and yeah, my experience of it, as you said, has kind of changed, which has been cool as well. So um, I think it's, I think it's interesting to talk about because yeah, it's something that people just kind of, when we talk about 12 steps, people don't talk about it. And then all this Mm. stuff, and then all this stuff kind of gets said about it from, I guess, people that haven't experienced it. Um, So do you think that you have to be kind of spiritual or take up some spirituality to get recovery? No, I mean, I, I, I did, so I can say it only from my own perspective, but it sounds like you, as you said, had a, you know, much more kind of logical kind of view of it. I don't know. Well, Um, yes. Well, yes and no. It's like really weird, right? Like, I don't know, like that, that's kind of my standard feeling of it. But then, you know, I like reading and exploring and discovering and then, there's been lots of different stuff that's like changed what I've thought about different things over time. Um, so you've been open to stuff, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the key principles, right? Mm. Um, yeah. No, yeah, uh, go on. yeah. Like, so, cause, cause I guess the way that I think about it is it's funny, right? Is that like, I think fundamentally to get recovery, which, you know, recovery to me is changing your kind of reality and feeling fucking happy and good about yourself and having Mm. a level of like self-acceptance. Like to me, that's like what recovery is. Um, Yeah. And I think largely to do that. uh, Yeah. Like you don't need spirituality. You need to, you need to change your behaviors and your thinking but ironically, to kind of get to the behaviors and thinking changing, yeah. you kind of have to do some like Jedi mind trick shit or like most people do to like mm. break through the the blocks, which usually kind of for most people comes in some form of like spirituality. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, well, you can call it what you will. Right. And yeah. look, it's for whatever, you know, I, I, to answer your question, whatever works you know like if if that works for you that's your journey and it seems to have served you well um and it it might be so it's not for me to say that that it's essential to have some sort of you know and and you know i'm not i'm I'm as spiritual as the next guy the only reason if i'm in the spiritual is because i'm you know kind of doing the work otherwise i'm you know i'm in my head like the best of them you know like yeah (laughs) it's just practice really um so what is, so what is, um, cause this, again, this kind of plays into all the conversation around the 12 steps and this is really good by the way. Um, mm. cause I think people listening to this that are struggling with the 12 step thing, but like different elements or are not sure or whatever it's, it's, it's helpful. So what yeah. is spirituality to you or like, what have you discovered about it? Um, it's probably, just kind of almost like what I said a high power was for me really. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it's a practice and it's, awesome. a, it's often very practical. Yeah. You know, it's not all in, you know, kind of seeing, you know, great visuals and stuff, although you can like, it's, mm, yeah, it's, it's a practical process for me to get there. And I, I and I've got quite a logical mind as well. So yeah. that can, 
that can help me, but it can also impede me as well. But I'm glad I've got it because it keeps my feet on the ground. Because, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, otherwise, you know, I could be in a cave somewhere you'd never hear from me again. You know? Yeah. Like, saying that's a bad thing. But to me, I like to take steps in the, in the world we're in. Yeah. Um, the logic side and the other side helps me kind of balance it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, sorry, you were just breaking up there for a second. Um, oh. Oh, that's better. You're back. Um, so, another another kind of question playing devil advocate stuff about 12 steps. Like, do you believe or oh, do you believe? What do you think about, like, are you an addict forever? Ooh, big question. <laughs> um, are you an addict forever? It's a really good question. Yeah. You know, because we know if we're in the rooms, they're going to say, you're an addict forever. <laughs> <laughs> but let's face it. I think we do have some permanent shifts, right? Yeah. Going we have to, right? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm certainly not going to revert to how I was 10 years ago. I don't yeah. think that's really possible. I really don't. Yeah. Um, but... I think I have, and I, I can't speak for anyone else because I'm the only me, right? Yeah. I, I think I have a predisposition for overthinking. And I'm just speaking for myself, addict yeah. or no addict, right? Me, me too. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's why meditation helps so much. But I have a predisposition for thinking. Um, I think kind of snapping back into myself will pretty easily. Yeah. No, I don't know what it's like for other people to have to say. Um, so I would think without some sort of program, uh, I just don't understand. I, I don't think I'd ever do it anyway. I know, I know the yeah. program gives me so much freedom. Uh, I, I guess I could go back into certainly addictive patterns, whether it's substance use or not, probably not. Yeah. To answer your question, am I still an addict? Uh Maybe <laughs> I don't know the answer yeah. to that. Good question. No, and and these are the conversations I like to I like to have. So, you said something. You said something interesting, and it's been something that I've thought about a lot. You know, because I guess. What the, do you think? Well, to be honest with you, I'm not sure as well. So, um, I've I've got a bit of a theory at the moment and I'd be interested to know what you think about it but like because you said something interesting there when I was listening to you and you're talking about how Gordon said you know like we're a product of our conditioned mind and our belief systems essentially right um, yeah. and you know like because I've definitely observed this thing with people in 12-step recovery and, and just as a caveat for a, a, like, there's so many people that do 12 step recovery that actually just get lifetime freedom, completely change their life and not, not just change their life, live fucking awesome lives, like amazing. Mm. So, so many people it's underreported how many people do. Right. Um, but I've also observed a lot of people that kind of stay clean and sober for a, for a good amount of time, you know, years and years. Mm. Um, and then will relapse and then they go back 
like to just being completely fucked again, like in addiction and everything like mm. unraveling, which is scary mm. to me. Right. And then it's kind of been this thing, like where I've started to think like, maybe is it this thing where like, because you're just consistently reinforcing to yourself on a belief system level that you're an addict and oh, that, okay. and, and that you're, and that you have this kind of internal condition forever. And if you're not constantly, um, or not, if you're not constantly, but if you, if you're not like believing that you have this kind of disease and this thing that's going to get you. So, so when it happens, that belief system almost kicks in and drives people back there because you said something interesting where you said like, yeah, like, like I believe that I've changed, you know, and it's kind of like, is it, is it because like different people, I, I guess, filter, you know, have a different filter around their belief system in how they think about themselves and their relationship to their addiction or drugs and alcohol and stuff? I, I don't know. Like, that's kind of something that I've been observing lately and thinking about. Yeah. 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 yeah, I think, you know, I think you're right. I think one thing I'd say, and then I, again, controversial or not, hey, let's just put it on the line because it's our <laughs> thinking. We've got to just talk about it. That's right. Uh, we might get, you're not in recovery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, from the, uh, from the diehard. Anyway, yeah. it is what it is. So uh, I do feel in the 12-step room. I mean, it's been good for me. I always say, take what you want and leave the rest. Really good yep. saying. And I think it's actually in the room itself. It's going yep. to be stuff you come up against, a person or a way things done that you don't like or don't feel is the right thing for you and yeah. blah, 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 blah. But what I do see is, how would I say it? Mate, a lot of people, say a lot, quite a few people in the rooms they tend to sort of get into this, oh, I'm just an addict or I'm an addict. Maybe it's more an early recovery, a yeah. little bit more. So people haven't really doing perhaps what they, they need to do as their recovery is concerned. But it's almost this self-depreciation yeah. that I get. I don't know if you re- relate to that. 100%. It's almost this, yep. like, I'm an addict, you know, nothing's going to happen for me because I'm an addict and it's yeah. almost this kind of like continually putting themselves down and, you know, and I, I wouldn't say that's the problem of the rooms, but because you get some meetings where it resonates doesn't exist, but there is a bit of a, if it's not done in the right way, the 12 steps, I found, you know, and if you've got a good sponsor, the whole purpose is, yeah, you, you're not sort of there to sort of beat yourself up with the process. Yeah. Right. That's count. That's actually probably the, the thing that people would. Do. So taking you through the steps and pick up really quickly. It's yeah. not a bashing of your process. Yeah. It's seeing this is not you, right? Yeah. And you're just picking apart what's not really you, but you really think it's you. So I get a little bit of that resignation. But resignation, resignation within the rooms around. Oh, um. And they also get a lot of people that go into the rooms and that's their life and they don't really do anything outside of the room. So that's their, that's their life. They can choose mm. to do what they do. But um, I choose to definitely go into the room because I get something out of it. But I try not to get too much into the doctrine because I think people can kind of bash the book a little bit in there. Yeah. And that takes away from my own individual process. Yeah. So Does that make sense? A hundred percent. 
hey, you just kind of, it's not too bad, but you're breaking in and out a little bit on your, um, oh. on your mic. And it's like super interesting conversation um, that we're having. I'm really, I'm actually really enjoying it. Cause this is, this is the stuff. And this is what I kind of want to talk about with people because um, largely um, I think a lot of the time 12 step programs can get a really bad name. Um, yeah. Because whatever, it's too long and deep to kind of go into it, but because people don't openly have these kind of conversations about maybe how some of the processes happen and there's, and it's misunderstood, you know, by people that, because I know professionals and stuff, right. That just purely believe that it's a religious, like no matter what I fucking say to them, (laughs) they're just like, nah, it's religious. I'm like, it's not. (laughs) It's like, yeah. So it's spiritual. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, so no, that's 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 really interesting. So, how how would you? Because we're going to get on to kind of like the positive aspects of it in a second. Um, mm. But how would you kind of, given all of that, um, which is really interesting to hear that you think kind of a similar way about it. How would you advise people that you know want to get into twelve step programs and? you know, engage in recovery that way, how would you advise them to kind of cut through the mustard a little bit and get to the, get to the awesome people and get to the people that are really kind of changing their life and, you know, doing good stuff? Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing is just to show up and actually go to meetings um, just one step at a time or one day at a time. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, a lot of people going in there, you know, let's face it. I was, you know, you know, they're going to be, pretty disturbed i guess if they're initially going in and they just stop using yeah to just you know just go easy on yourself to show up you know talk to talk to good people you know yeah um and then you know just keep showing up and keep showing up and keep showing up you don't have to really do anything you just put your you know your seat in the chair and you just listen and chair if you ask to share and just you know i meet some people um and then i think at some point after a period of time, um, you know, just start to look at the people who you kind of resonate, who you would like to be. That's kind of what I did with my first sponsor. Yeah. I want what he's got kind of thing. And yeah, and I just asked him who would sponsor. Um, so you just start to look at the people. Um, try and put aside what you think a lot. Yeah. Is a real key one. Like whatever you think, you think right at that point like you're probably not going to be the best person to manage you right now. (laughs) I mean, just being up, I was like the same, right? You know, like I needed a new management system to give it some time. So whatever you think, if that person was rude to you or they didn't say hi or they looked at you funny, just keep showing up because really that's all in your own head. Yeah. Um, And just keep showing up. And then as I said, as, as the fog starts to clear a little bit within you, you know, just start... I used just to hang with strength, you know, like I, I would just hang with people who are like 10 years clean plus. Um, yeah. I, mean, I was a bit older when I got in, but mm. a lot of those guys were older, I guess. So, but yeah, just hang with people who are in time up, who are good people. People with clean time up all the time. <laughs> it's like, I'm not saying they're not good people, but you know what I mean? Just, just yeah. look at who you want to be and start hanging out with those people. Yeah. It's great advice. It's great advice. 
Hey, do you have like a different mic or something? Because you're just breaking in and out a little bit there. I don't. I, the only way I could go in is on my phone because I've got like a, um, I don't have a port in my laptop. Is it really breaking up? Yeah. Oh, actually, you know what? Give me a sec. No worries. Put me on hold. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Live. I don't know if this is going to work. Oh, no, shit. I've got no. I don't know if I can, mate. Sorry. That's all right. That's all right. Really, is it really breaking up? It's okay there. I, I'm not sure. Like, it was fine for the first part, but it's just kind of, I don't mm. know. Shame. Uh, oh, that tends to be better like that. We'll, okay, I'll just, I'll keep my face like that. Perfect. We'll push Don't on. Move. <laughs> so, um, okay, so so that's that's awesome. And thanks for having that conversation about the twelve step stuff. Because look, I know it's I know it's kind of challenging. Um, yeah. Because yeah, you, all you really have with it is your individual experience, and it's what has kind of helped you so much. But it's it's something that we want to do with the podcast is really try and talk about the reality of everything in the drug and alcohol space um, with different mm. people and, and have those more fleshed out conversations because it just makes people a lot more comfortable with whatever they're doing. They just feel like, you know, they know what they're walking into and they have some tools around it and stuff. So, um, so tell me a little bit about what you're doing now, because I think that's, I think that's really interesting and, and quite unique really. So you, you moved out of like the professional kind of corporate yeah. life and started yeah. your own venture. Yeah. Yeah, I did. So I left the corporate role. So I was in like a consulting role, which meant sort of business development, account directing, account directing for a more of a coaching company. So yeah. I was also a coach, like doing, doing like some exec coaching and mainly yeah. around the career transition space Yeah, to helping people kind of realign and go for roles and stuff that they really wanted to do. The role got too business development focused, you know, dealing with people who really aren't aligned and conscious and all that yeah. sort of stuff, politics. So I left it and um, at about a year prior to leaving it, I'd, I'd had this sort of idea of setting up my own venture. So I did that called About You. Cool. I like the name. I, I, I thought of the name actually. Well, someone helped me think of the name. And at one time when I tried to register it, I couldn't get it. Oh, no. And then literally it went, Now's your time. And it just said, oh, it's available. So I just went bang and I registered. I put the logo on it. Um, came to me at a meeting around Golden Arches, without being a McDonald's. But <laughs> I got the kind of the um, kind of thing around what I was trying to do. And so, yeah, I mean, effectively, I set it up. I didn't even really know what I was going to do. So I took some time <laughs> to basically just surrender and see who showed up, <clears throat> you know, in terms of or I align with and who I, I mean, I knew I wanted to help people and, and some sort of social coaching, helping people. I knew that through the so, but I had to take a little bit of time to get there. So I made the decision, uh, so I started running some men through with a buddy of mine, Shelton, and then I, I'd gone through this process and I met, I went up to Canberra for the Mental Health Foundation Week. Um, yeah. Um, last October. Just out of a whim, I went to his meditation. This guy was talking on the benefits of spirituality in Canberra to all these ministers. It was a fair ticket. And I go, I'll go on that. So I did this roadie up the town, and I'm in Parliament House at this function, meeting all these ministers and stuff. <laughs> um, I got some connection to the Mental Health Foundation. So what I did from there is um, I started running these little groups and 
but um, I said, hey, hey, we can run these men's groups. Now we've got these support groups, we should run them fast. I got sponsored by my company, got sponsored by the foundation, run these men's support groups, which we're currently doing in Melbourne. Wow. We're doing one into the region, but our, our, um, I should say my, my want is to really drive that and grow that. Um, yeah. Been a little bit encumbered by, you know, um, but we're looking at expanding that, and I've got some press that I'm going to be talking to in the next few weeks in terms of building that up. Awesome, awesome. It's one of the things, yeah. So if people um, want to find you and um, yeah, do coaching with you and all that kind of oh, stuff, yeah. where can they find yeah, you? Yeah. Uh, Dale dot about you at gmail.com i'll say it again dale.aboutyou at gmail.com that's the best way just send me an email um i'm also at dale.aboutyouworld is my actual website yeah uh, you can also find me on linkedin um but yeah use that email i think it's the best just send me an email. awesome mate awesome hey because i do as i said i do do individual coaching and mentoring yeah yeah, awesome, mate. Hey, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for uh, having the tough conversations with me and, um, you know, talking a little bit about the 12 steps and the spirituality and your journey and all the stuff. So I uh, yep. really appreciate it, mate. Awesome, Jack. No worries. Catch you soon. Thanks, Thanks so much. Too. It was awesome. Thank you.